Welcome to the Business Legends Podcast, where we interview business leaders and entrepreneurs so that you can learn from their successes, pump up your own inspiration, and learn about the people that make change happen. I'm the host of the show, Reese Allen, along with my co-host, the best co-host in, we'll just say North Carolina, Christian Webb. Say what's up. <laughs> I'm so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> he is not, by the way. This is our 52nd episode, and I can't, I can't believe it's been, wow, years in the making. But today, we are joined by the mighty Viking himself, <laughs> all eight foot eight of Jay. How do you pronounce it? Offerdahl. Offerdahl. Uh, Jay Offerdahl <laughs> with Viking mergers and acquisitions. That wasn't just a silly joke. So, Jay, thank you so much for joining us this thanks, morning. Thanks for having me. Oh man, I am excited about about this specific show. We were talking. We were talking about watches and cars and all the things that I love. The only thing that we have to talk about just to get me a little bit more in the zone is football. I, I know you're a Vikings fan. I know you're having a good year. You have to be a Vikings fan, surely. My dad was a Vikings fan. Okay, who do you root for now? Uh, Panthers, since you know, they're here. No, I'm sorry. That hockey yeah. team? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah, this is this is what I put up with on a day-to-day basis. That, that hockey, I hate you. He does this just Do you know the Panthers never had back-to-back winning seasons? They don't make back-to-back back back good decisions. It is. Right. That, that is very painful. Uh, my, my heart is... Just like a Viking, you have you have As shot they cut, me they cold. Cut Baker, like what two days ago or something. Yeah, he's actually he actually Just moved. Cut him. Yep. Didn't even trade for anything. Bye bye. So well, actually, there's something to that. So Baker was asked to be waived. They cut him yesterday, and he is on. Um, he has joined the uh, Rams, Rams because Stafford oh, yeah. is hurt, and so he went from third string at the Panthers to third string about Rams. But I am excited now. We are talking about all our favorite things, but let's talk a little bit about business. So yes. um, for our listeners that don't know how amazing you are, um, tell yet tell us uh, what is Viking Mergers and Acquisitions? What do you guys do? So we help closely held business owners confidentially sell for the highest price to the right buyer. Amazing. Yeah. Just yeah. Nail it in five seconds. Right. That was yeah. That was perfect. Yeah. You know, Christian and I are so jealous. You and and our guests last week. Um, you guys are so in tune, and you've been in business a while. We'll talk about that in a sec. But you guys are so in tune with, like, some people call it like the elevator pitch or the sales pitch, or, or not sales pitch, but like, what do you guys do in a nutshell? And you guys are just like, bam, fired it away. And then Christian and I, alternatively, are like, we do marketing stuff, and just the, I think it's the range of the different types of services that we do. Or it's, it could be a second generation business. I mean, they've right. been doing it a yeah. while. That's yeah, right. yes. for sure. 26 years. 26 years. So 26 years is also when the Panthers got started. So let's yeah. go full. No, no correlation. No correlation. <laughs> okay. We've had, we've had back-to-back winning you years have? In, in business. <laughs> you know, I think the only time we did it was maybe like dot-com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The recession and, you know, but... Yeah. That's a, that's amazing. What was this dot com thing? What was that all? Yeah, that's way before you guys were were around. We were like infants back then. Yeah. No, we weren't. <laughs> Remember September 11th, right? This was yes, the same time. Yes. yes. Oh, right. The dot com bubble, bubble and yep, yeah, all that. People just you know things happen and people kind of pause mm-hmm. for 30, 60, 90 days. So little things like that. Did um, I mean let's kind of get into something heavy. Did do you feel like COVID affected you in in that way as well or? What, how did that work? You know, it's funny. COVID was actually, a, and, I, and I feel guilty saying it's a wonderful mm-hmm. thing for our business. Wow. Uh, Pre-COVID, when I had an audience with accountants and attorneys and financial advisors and anyone that, that kind of would trust advisors, small businesses, I felt like I had to tell them it's our job and responsibility to make sure that the baby boomer generation realizes their business doesn't define them as human beings, mm-hmm. right? And COVID did that for us, right? The, the business owner was home when they weren't used to being home, and they realized it wasn't as bad as they thought it was right. going to be. Yep. Uh, they lost someone maybe they knew before they should have. So sure. they put a new perspective on life. Life is too short. I don't want to die at my boots on, you know, at my desk, my boots on. Right. B- before COVID, I literally would have some of those, those 
generational people talk about, I'm never going to sell. When I do sell, I feel like my life is over anyways. Right. And so COVID changed that. So there's a perfect storm of more sellers. They were contacting us to look to retire, but pre-COVID, only one out of three were selling to retire. Sure. Right? Two out of three were just burned out, couldn't handle the business, couldn't take the next level. Now it's 50%. Wow. We believe it'll peak at 60%. Yeah. Because there's 10,000 people a day turning 70 through 2034. Wow. And so we have, a, a in our opinion, a, a lot of upside, but there's always things that can disrupt the market. So the initially sure. when it happened, second quarter of 2020, mm-hmm. we went... 90 days without a closing and wow. we don't sell a business a week. So right. it was one of those things like it was a giant pause, yeah. but then it was a light switch, almost like July 1st. It was on and, and it has, I'm knocking on wood, but it, yeah. not, not on the mic. It's been on ever wood. since. <clears throat> yeah. Want it to, hopefully it'll continue, you know, inflation, war in Ukraine, yeah. interest rates, you know, the economy, if we hit a recession next year, those are things that could impact yeah. our business, but we do think it'll bounce back pretty quickly. It's amazing. You know, on on one hand, I'm like sick of talking about COVID because of all the negative things that happened. But we actually had the same conversation last evening. Um, A buddy of ours uh, came up. He he lives uh, in Atlanta, but he was in town and we went out and had drinks and stuff. But we were talking about, you know, our choice to uh, give our employees a remote option for for everything. And um, COVID, you know, we, we were well placed to do it beforehand. For example, um, we were using Zoom calls far before they were cool. I mean, we had business all over, and I mean, we had a bunch of Zoom calls. But um, you know, then our then our choice to go remote. But one of the things that we were talking about with Bobby was that um, you know, COVID really brought to light a lot of things like this is necessary, this is not, and it changed a lot of people's, I believe, way of thinking about things. Like, you know, is there really a huge difference between a Zoom call and face to face and, and whatever it became acceptable. Kind of yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. They didn't have to shake hands and, and put a right. name of the face. They could put a name of the face over, over Zoom and not shake your hand. Exactly. You know, and um, it, it's it's very interesting that it that it happened like that. I think it created a lot of radical change in business. It's also been very good for us. So yes. um, you know, knock on wood, I'll knock on it with you. And um, you know, hopefully we never have to go through anything like that again though, for sure. It made it made uh, it made acquiring new business less expensive and more competitive at the same time. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No barrier to entry. People I like weren't too lazy to go out there and like you know when you meet somebody in person, you pretty much like if they like you, it's a done deal. Right. Zoom call. They're on three meetings that day. Right. And you have yeah. to hope you somehow showed up, which isn't a bad thing. No. Right. It makes us all bring our A game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And and the, it, the entrepreneur spirit I think was kind of increased due to COVID also because the, the ones so that were working in the corporate America said you know I, I don't want to go back to commuting. I right. don't want to. Mm-hmm. And it gave an opportunity. The government had some some programs to help incentivize people to, right. to buy business with through the SBA back loans, things like that. So we actually saw our buyer inquiries multiply yeah. simultaneously. Yeah, so one of our customers kind of did that. Yeah. Scott, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. there's more money, right? The government sure. pumped in $6 trillion. And some of that was PPP money, some right. was EIDL money, some was just to households. And private equity's always had a lot, of, mm-hmm. a lot of money, so it was Show just. Show me how to get that money, man, and I'll buy a business from you. Yeah, That's let's right. do it. That's let's exactly. do it. Let's do it. Exactly. We're in. We, uh, it, it's amazing what you learn over the course of time, for sure. Um, one of, one of the things I was just thinking about as, you, as you were speaking with these Zoom calls and and whatnot is that, um, I feel like maybe this is just the pressure I put on myself, but I'm really interested to hear your opinion on this. I know his opinion on it, um, but as opposed to doing like an in-person meeting. Sometimes, so for, for us, for our business, the most critical moment in a customer's journey is onboarding. It's when you meet the team, this is what we're going to do, we make the promise, we fulfill the promise, right? That's right. And so for me, onboarding is a big deal. Um, it, it is that moment, that pinnacle moment where, where things start to go really well or really poorly, and it's just the way it is. So um, I take a lot of extra time before onboardings. You know, I get my head right, you know, 
turn my phone off, whatever I have to do. Like I actually physically like get ready for it. And I find doing doing onboardings like digitally, we had a huge onboarding yesterday, and I find doing them digitally is way more difficult than doing them in person just because you know you're sharing your screen, you have to do you have to operate a lot more things simultaneously. Oh no, my look, our, our thing our thing cut out. There we go. We actually are business legends. See, I told you. <laughs> um, that's why I have the computer here, by the that's way, right. Christian. But um, after that onboarding, and it was a great onboarding, went very well, but I was like exhausted, yeah. you know, because I just had to be on, you yep. know. Absolutely. So um, do you feel like you've, you've encountered any anything like that since since kind of transitioning the type of business? Yes. I mean, you're talking about the COVID impact in, in COVID general? impact and, and uh, digitizing some things that maybe used to be belly up to one another? Yeah, well, for, for us, we're really looking for a relationship and not just a transaction. That's sure. why we've opened up additional offices and have kind of 10, 10 offices around the southeast. Our goal is actually to be true advisory to business owners because most business owners aren't prepared to sell. So meeting with them and realizing, for them to realize we're not selling them on selling is critical, mm-hmm. step sure. one. Yep. To your point, you know, meeting expectations. So step two for us is the valuation. And our onboarding, so to use, if it's less than two hours, I don't feel like we've done our job. Wow. Because it's their first Makes time sense. normally that right. they're, they're selling. It's normally their biggest asset. And besides losing a loved one, getting married, having kids, congratulations. Yeah. congratulations. Yeah. Thank you, thank yeah. You. Um, selling your business is the fourth most emotional thing you do. I believe so. So if you haven't done the other three in the well, last Well, you know, maybe buying a car is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm scared, <laughs> right. I'm scared, yeah. I'm yeah. If you haven't done the other three in the mm-hmm. last five, 10, 15 years, then it becomes the most emotional thing and your biggest asset. Sure. And the first time you've done it. Right. So we really feel like we got to tell people like literally seven times what to expect in negotiations and offers and due diligence and quality of earnings and legalities, um, all the aspects and, and dealing you know, with accountants and attorneys. It, it's a big deal and it's an emotional deal and we, we don't take that lightly. Yeah. Oh, I don't even know what that would be like. Like I'm sitting here thinking like if we're like five more years in and we're like about to he sell our to business. He wants to sell BMSG. He's sick of dealing with me. <laughs> no, dude. If I he sold, doesn't. If we sold his business, I, would, I think, I, I, think well, I, I might lose a tear. Yeah. Let me ask you a, a question and it's, and it's not a trick question. Mm-hmm. Why do you start a business? Uh, for me, for me, my honest answer to that would be autonomy, okay. um, because um, I'm unemployable. I'm, 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 and he can attest to this. So, so fun fact: for a brief period of time, he was unhirable, <laughs> unhirable, unmanageable. Um, he was my manager. So um, this thing keeps going off. Just leave it off. All right. Um, but so we've we've had several um, careers together. Well, not really careers, but we've had several jobs together and now careers together. But when we first met, we worked we worked in the nightlife, and then we became personal trainers. Weird long story, but. Um, he ended up becoming my manager, and we were best friends at the same time. And uh, those, that's probably like the worst year of his life because <laughs> he would tell me to do stuff. He'd be like, "No, nah, I'm not going to do that." Like, <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> we're friends. I don't care what your title says. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What you want me to yeah. attend a meeting? You're not yeah. paying me for it? No, I'm not yeah. going. Like, and that's the way I was back then. Like, yeah. I was so much worse than I am now. But mm-hmm. um, you know, things yeah. change. Yeah, very um, similar still. Yeah. So there's emotional reasons, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is you start a business to set it up to sell. Yeah. Right. You always, everyone says you start with the end in sight. Right. End in mind. And, yeah. And get there. Got to have but an exit. Most somehow. of us, including myself, often go through our business journey with with blinders on, and mm-hmm. we're not we're not thinking long term. I think every sure. business owner, whether you're going to sell this week, this year, or in ten years, you should always be playing long ball. You always run your business as if you're going to own it forever, mm-hmm. but be mentally and uh, physically and emotionally prepared to sell it the next day. Yeah. yeah. But most business owners aren't in a position to sell. Right. And so they, they don't sense. think about it. And yep. a lot of things we tell people, like, like, do you know what your business is worth? Most business owners have an idea. Maybe they ask their accountant. And some accountants do know. Mm-hmm. 
But until you do that valuation and put that stake in the ground and actually look at it from someone else's perspective, you may be running your business in a way that really doesn't make it attractive to a third party. Yeah. Suitor. And even if you have, a, you want to start, you know, a lot of people that buy a business say, well, I want to buy this business and I want to give it to my kids. Right. right. It's like, okay, unsolicited advice. Don't, that's not reason you start a business. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Sure. Now if that ends up happening, right. I'd rather you still not give it to your mm-hmm. kid. I'd rather right. you sell it to your kid. Sure. Right. Yeah. Solidify your own retirement, then have the cash to help them if they're in a, in a tight spot. But, right. um, you start a business to set up to sell it. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a, very interesting uh, viewpoint because you're absolutely right. One of the things, um, so Christian and I weekly we have we have what we call an owner summit, and um, you know maybe I shouldn't say this on air, but it's true. Um, what we <laughs> so what we end up doing is a lot of times he comes over to my house, we play pool, and but we talk business the whole time, and it's just like one of those things that we do just to kind of you know not necessarily pass the time, but a brainstorming session, right? It is, yeah. and and doing it's healthy, but yeah, and and doing something that we both like to do, hobby, playing pool. Yeah. Um, is it kind of I think it helps like get the juices flowing if you will with it and um, one of the things we've had many discussions about is scalability you know and one of the things that that we've discussed is is our own input into the business which is to say you know um, God forbid I get sick tomorrow or something or he gets sick or or whatever obviously I don't want none of us want any of that to happen but how do we how do we keep the show going on you know um, and we've we've learned how to do it you know when Harper was born his daughter Harper was born um, you know, I, I had to pick up a little bit of the slack, you know. Um, I was and easily useless for a month. <laughs> <laughs> he was useless, but <laughs> he was like, it was he's, funny. Um, he's more replaceable than he thought, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think no. we're all that. I tell people, like, like there's, there's no one that's irreplaceable. Yeah. Right? Um, and I think when you run your business, you go to seminars, and they always say, well, you got to work yourself out of a job. I've been doing this 26 years. I've seen 800 business transactions. So it means we normally meet with seven business owners for every one that's, you know, right time, right price, right industry, Whatever it is, so right. multiply that eight hundred times, you know, six or seven. That's how many business owners I've been in contact with sure. over twenty six years, and very few times do I meet a business owner that truly can check out, yeah, for two, three, four weeks and mm-hmm. go to Europe and be totally off the grid, mm-hmm. right? So I tell all business owners like when you go to those seminars, that's a, put a little grain of salt in that because very few times you actually get to that point. Right. We know through our associate with EO, only ten percent of businesses even hit a million dollars in top line revenue. Right. right? Mm-hmm. You can't hire a management team until your bottom line is multiple seven figures, right? right? And the probability of doing that is, is very minimal. So I always tell business owners, like, you know, you definitely want to try to surround yourself, obviously, with, with great talent and have job descriptions and be able to cross-train and, and they can do different jobs. But as a business owner, it's highly unlikely that you're not always going to have some sort of input into the success of that business, and that's okay. Yeah. Because the buying parties that know whether it's individual buyer, strategic buyer, private equity group, they understand that. Right. Yes, they'd love to have some good managed place and team, but I don't think, again, you start a business with the thought that I'm going to work myself out of a job. It's just yeah. a very small percentage of people able to do that. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of keeping an objective. Do you, see, um, do you find that most of your like uh, larger multiples on EBITDA come in, come with the larger businesses, like 5 to $15 million? Yeah, as, as, as the cash flow goes up, the multiple goes up, right? Oh, really? I mean, yeah. There's the, the, Makes there's, sense. And the, the multiple is the inverse of risk. Right. And so if you have a higher cash flow, it means you probably have more people, more customers, uh, more product lines. It means it's less risky. Yeah. So the, the one person... Uh, wallpaper hanger, you know, there is no valuable because that's very risk because they're right. the they're the tradesperson. But we sell sell a lot of businesses that are trade oriented mm-hmm. uh, that started very small and then 15, 20 years later that you know they've got fifty employees and they've got ten million dollars in sales and they've got seven figures of profits. Um, but it 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 definitely. Um, is a, an art, not mm-hmm. always a science when it comes to valuing a business. I have a super off the wall question for you. Great. This is crazy off the wall. I'm just listening and just like, oh, 
you know. Um, and then we're going to take a brief intermission. But um, have you have you ever thought about like like teaching a college course like um, yeah. on? Have you ever done 100%. it? Or, yeah. Like yes, I was going to say. And, 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 and if I'm 48 now, and I know I look 58, and I don't, I don't have that's a, a weird way. I don't 28. Have, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an end game. But one of my thoughts is, you know, whenever Viking needs to go in the hands of someone else to take it to the next level, because yeah. I'm, I'm getting close to my invisible ceiling after mm-hmm. I bought my dad out seven years ago, is I'd love to, one, be the trainer for Viking sure. in the offices. So let's say we go from 10 offices to 20 to 40 or whatnot and kind of travel and, and train. Yeah. But then when that gig is up, then, yeah, I think being a college professional would be really neat. You'd be awesome at it. Because well, you're sitting here talking you. business stuff, and I'm just like, I would definitely take that well, course. Let me the, know. <laughs> yeah, the professors you had, yeah. um, the ones that had real world experience, like there's some great professors that just went straight from undergrad to grad to right. doctorate to teaching. Yep. But the ones that actually went out there and did it mm-hmm. and have the bruises, right? I, I'm very open about the the challenges I've had. You know, sure. We talked early in 2009. Mm-hmm. You know that was a tough year for sure. And uh, a couple years before that, I went went through a divorce. So I lost half my net worth and mm-hmm. then lost the rest of it in '09. And until you're the brink brink of bankruptcy, yeah, you don't know what you know challenging in, in being a business owner is. Yeah. And so having that, you know, empathy is one of our core values. Having that empathy of knowing it's like to sweat a payroll and, mm-hmm. and borrow money to buy my dad out and yeah. have a personal guarantee the debt and then put a second on my real estate holdings. You know, Oof. it's it's those, those things like yeah. only business owners yeah. understand what that's like. For sure. Uh, we're going to take a brief break. Uh, when we get back, I think we're going to talk about company culture. And we're back. So now we've discussed in our intermission, we have discussed literally everything that I like. The only thing that we're that we're missing talking about is women, and we are not going to talk about that no. on Business <laughs> Legends. But we have talked about watches, cars, beers, business. What am I missing? Football. And football. This is like the best episode ever, just for the record. Um, so I want to kind of get into talking about company culture. One of the things that you said before intermission was um, your core values, which uh, which one did you mention? Because I know you have Empathy. Some. Empathy, empathy. Yeah. Um, I'm huge on company culture, almost such so much that Christian will roll his eyes because I talk about it on an almost daily basis. Yeah. But, um, you know, you have this this amazing company, Vikings, so you have that awesome Vikingness. I love Viking stuff. And and so what, what did you guys do? You've been in business 26 years. Um, what did you guys do from a core value perspective to – Give yourself like a this is the ground we stand on or the hill we die on for Vikings. Yeah, I don't know if I can sum that up in a, in a short time period, but I'll say that when when I bought my dad out in 2015, he and I would before that were just in the trenches. We just mm-hmm. we just worked, and his exit strategy was me. And so when I bought him out, I had to kind of figure out my exit strategy. And, mm-hmm. and the first thing I told myself, I want to own a real business. And so I had to define what that what that's looked like, mm-hmm. felt like. And then I had a vi- and, and I'm sorry I didn't interrupt you, no, but please. but the thing that's amazing about that is that you are buying and selling businesses. Right. Right. So you wanted to own a real business and yet at the same time you were like, I want to take care of a house type right. of stuff too. So please continue. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. So so we actually had a, a full day kind of with a facilitator to help pull out because we didn't have our mission, vision, purpose and core values. Mm-hmm. And coming out of that we we identified some of those like perseverance like what we do is very challenging and there is deal fatigue that sets in about after 90 to 100 days and Mm -hmm. so perseverance is one of our core values and entrepreneurial right we want to bring a lot of entrepreneurial people and when they come to work even whether w2 or senior advisors that are 1099 it's like the biggest compliment i've ever had from a client was what i love about your business jay is everyone i talk to acts like they own the place and that's what I want the mentality to be. And mm-hmm. so 30 of our 50 people are prior business owners, so that makes it pretty easy. Yeah. Uh, being servant leaders, right, is is one thing that we try to focus on is make sure you're 
giving true advisory and you're serving not only our, our clients but your fellow teammates and in your home and your communities uh, giving back I think we're best as human beings when we're generous with other people so we you know every year we give to charities and mm-hmm. um, we started with the that's your time to shout it out by the way do you have a favorite that no, you, you know yeah. uh, well uh, you know the um, autism speaks is one of my favorite our youngest has autism so mm. th- that's one of our favorites but we uh, actually have the team kind of submit their favorites and right. then we randomly draw out kind of a top five mm-hmm. and then we had a client appreciation event this year at, at OMB we did it last year also yeah we were there it was people, amazing people, by the way mm-hmm. kind of vote mm-hmm. on what their favorite charity mm-hmm. is and then we you know send that money out I think I did uh, I think I voted on the uh, the Navy SEAL charity yeah yeah, yeah. which one won which yeah one won? you know um, embarrassingly um, I don't remember I apologize <laughs> but, well, I, think, <laughs> well, I think we had something pink, uh, pink for a uh, uh, breast cancer, cancer. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. had the um, autism speaks guy. Yep. and he was actually there he was yep. there mm-hmm. and that was for kind of PTSD mm-hmm. right does I say that correctly PTSD yep, yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's neat right mm-hmm. so everyone gets to kind of vote on that and, and show their, their support and That's then so Viking cool. gives back yeah so, and you know I don't know I think culture just evolved from that I don't know if, if I really did a great job doing anything more than trying to lead by example and, and show up bring people around that want to get back right and, and again truly serve our clients best needs that's amazing we uh we talk about that a lot um christian and i we um we we like to do philanthropic things um but we never really implemented it into our into our company culture yeah. now we're very lucky we have a tight team and you know i always i always brag on our team one of the things about our team is that like we do things, we choose to do things, I should say, outside of work together. Not just him and I have been best friends for over a decade, but like people with, within our team, like we do stuff together. And um, I don't know, it's it's amazing to me how, how silly things can become an integral part of your culture. Like, for example, one of the things that, that we like to do is the Samaritan's Purse. Yeah. We, we have two things coming up. We have the Samaritan's Purse thing. Oh, I got to talk about that. We have the Samaritan's mm-hmm. things, Purse things coming up. And then... Um, one of our business partners, his name is Josh Weaver. He owns a business called Impact Direct, and um, his thing is called uh, uh, Bikes for Tikes. Yeah. And so he has a band, and uh, we'll go out to that, and it's it's a it's a freaking band playing like '80s music, and they're raising money for uh, to donate bikes to to uh, children that need them in the community and stuff. And to me, I we never have more fun. No matter what we do, I love going to Panthers game and watch the Panthers win, which is like you know catching a unicorn in a in a blue sky or something like that. But um, you know, there's nothing more fun than like doing stuff something like that. And that my one of my big things or core values of myself is that you can have fun while you're doing it too. Like, what's more fun than watching a band play and doing something cool yeah. at the same time? Um, I joke about when we do the Samaritans purse thing. Um, so I'm a big tailgater, big Panthers fan. We've discussed, we've we've been through that or whatever. And whenever we do the Samaritans purse thing, we 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 pregame it, we tailgate it. So. That's great. <laughs> I mean. We haven't done that. We do something quarterly. We have not done the pregame. We're doing. I mean, we're actually doing bright blessings this Friday. That's amazing. I mean, but pregame once, it. once a quarter, we try to do something for a half day. Yeah. And whoever is available to show up shows up. But mm-hmm. uh, I have not implemented the pregame I on mean, that. But maybe. Oh, it's so much fun. Maybe it's something we you know. You, yeah. Bright blessings that might be a little awkward. But. I yeah. Mean, exactly. Well, you know, just get some gum or something and be all right. Like, yeah. like get that bratwurst stuff, whatever. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just love doing that stuff, That's great. and um, it makes for for a good time too. Yeah, last time we had like 20, 30 people out there. Yeah, yeah, That's it good. was it was wicked. A lot um, of boxes, a lot of boxes. Yeah, it was. 
we Christian and I, you know, larger gentlemen, we always end up having to having to lift the heavy stuff or whatever. So I mean, you got to pregame it, you know. You gotta, right. <laughs> you gotta loosen the joints, get ready. That's yeah. right. That's right. You know, I don't, next I don't two days I'm always that. having nightmares about boxes. Oh yeah, yeah, and getting like like cardboard paper cuts and stuff like that. But anyway, it's it, it is what it so is. So something I want to I want to know is you like you said earlier, you met so many business owners. Like I mean, thousands, right? Yes. Like, um, so who are your favorites? Reese Arlen <laughs> and Christian Webb are acceptable answers. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. what, kind of, what, kind of, what kind of things have you learned from those business owners? Like, what are the like the really like the high points of what you've learned? Well, from the, I think the baby boomer thing is like make sure the business doesn't define you as a human being, right? Okay. You got to have a higher purpose, whether that's your family uh, relationship with God. Um, hopefully, you know all those things, and and, and sure. we, we don't we don't live to work, right? We work work to live, and so I saw a lot of those that generation very much. Um, in, enamored and, and applaud their work ethic as mm-hmm. providers, right? That's defined them. I provided for my family. Um, that hit me pretty hard. And, and my dad was that way. He was a workaholic. And, and I remember at a younger, you know, in my 20s, telling him that like that, I really respect and appreciate your work ethic. I said, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, he was good with that. And so, and I think I actually influenced him. I actually started closing the office at, at 2 o'clock on Friday because he was one of those mm-hmm. mentality, like he had to be the first one there and the last one to leave. Mm-hmm. I said, all right, well, everyone's leaving at 2 o'clock on Friday then because <laughs> you don't need to be the last one here. Right. I also realized, you know, I had that 10-year vision uh, when I bought my dad out. And I also realized a lot of business owners hit an invisible ceiling around year seven. Mm-hmm. And going back to the, they're not aware enough to realize they need to surround themselves with smarter people that can help them break through that invisible ceiling. Or that is also a time to consider exiting and locking mm-hmm. in your gain. Take some time off. My dad, it, my dad did it three times before we started. That. That's our why. Is mm-hmm. he had the experience of buying, growing, and selling a business, and just thought there was a need for a more professional firm mm-hmm. to really focus on the lower middle market. Right. Most of our transactions are below fifty million, and and you know if you have a two hundred fifty million dollar business, the investment banking, phenomenal. Right. But if you have a small, close held business. Uh, there's not always wasn't a lot of great representation. We just felt like there was a need for that. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of the, the the two things, and the ones that always you know put their business family ahead of themselves. I felt like they did better than. Uh, now, when you sell your business, it is unfortunately the one time in your life you need to be a little bit selfish and mm-hmm. realize that the new owner is going to take care of your business family. Mm-hmm. That's not your job, and sometimes selling is the best for your business family because the new person's coming mm-hmm. with new ideas and wants to grow and scale and gives them yeah. opportunities to make more money or or be challenged in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, as business owners, a lot of times we have those blinders off and, and, and don't have that perspective. I feel like I've had the uh, benefit of seeing all those yeah. to allow me to really reflect on, okay, I'm going to make sure I, I don't do this. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, even tell, to get on, on the personal side with, with kids, you've got to break chains of things that I do that you don't like the same way I try to break chains of the way that my parents may have parented me. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that. I'm not going to emulate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy you say that. I was on a uh, we were on a call the other day. You weren't on. It's the same people we uh, we just onboarded yesterday. Okay. But I was on the second consultation with their entire board, and uh, the Lewis had hopped on, which is uh he was the he's like he's known the owner for like 16 years. He's always been a part of the company, and I was like, yeah, man, you know, I just I keep it laid back a little bit and try to relax. And sometimes when I start taking myself too seriously, I have to slow down a little bit. I'm so glad you've learned that at a young age. It took me until I was like 65 to learn that that uh that you do have a time limit in this world and. Need to kind of enjoy it a little more. Absolutely. So sometimes I step back and I'll be like taking myself a little too seriously. I'm like, let's grind, let's grind, let's grind, let's get this done, let's get this He's done. A, I want to grow. Christian's to- a very much a. Um you're not a workaholic, but he well, he's like the Energizer Bunny. Like he has he, his Always his growing. his speed is like is like fast 
and stop. Like he has no more, he has more no, faster, more faster. Yeah, right, right. Like that's that's him. And then I'm like a I'm like a slow burning ember. Like I'm I'm just like I'm just like always I'm always there. It's like the tor- it's like tortoise. And I'm over here with the pump like, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fire going. going. Um, you know, I I must say we and Christian and I talk about this all the time, but um, I mean we complement each other in so many ways, and that's definitely one of them. So, um, having had businesses myself, I mean. Having having a business partner that well, number one, trust is a huge. But number two, it's like it's like he's he covers my blind spots and I cover his, you sure. know. Yeah. And um, I mean, it's amazing, you know. I think it's I think it's an it's an integral advantage of our of our business particularly. So we're not gonna hit the divisible ceiling with the Vikings next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no invisible ceiling. No invisible ceiling. We're gonna, keep, we're gonna buy and bolt on things. I think that's the better yeah. way to grow. Yeah. Strategic yeah. acquisitions are a big that's, part of what we do. I was yeah. I was gonna say, do you have do you have an opinion on that? Um, Yes, I mean, yeah. you, when 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 you're doing that and you realize the economies of scale that you may have, you you bring on human capital, which mm-hmm. right now is, is in high demand. Right. Um, you bring on different skill sets and, and maybe a different vertical. Mm-hmm. Um, the that's about a third of our deals, and, and the vast oh, wow. majority of the time they end up working very well. Sure. Um, culture is always a concern mm-hmm. when you get too big and you, you're cross contaminating well cultures and, and seeing if they actually blend. So we do see a lot of due diligence focus around is this going to be a good cultural fit mm-hmm. for our companies to, you know, and I don't like mergers. I mean, our company is called mergers and acquisitions of the 800 deals. Maybe I've, we've done five mergers. Mm. It's like trying to, you know, put two people together to get married. Right. Right. It's I'd like much, clash of culture type of thing. I'd much rather see one of the companies buy the other company. Right. And let then let them run. Yeah. Right? Um, do you have a, or any experience with, um, one, one of our concerns, so we own a marketing company, and one of our concerns is like there there's all these different types of um, businesses that we could easily bolt onto ours. So an example would be like videography, because obviously I suck at it, or like, <laughs> or like yeah. you know, uh, doing um, more, more intensive graphic design or um, doing mailer stuff or something like that, so, something that's a little bit outside of our current scope. But one thing that, that I will admit is that one of our concerns is with like um, cannibalizing our own profits right. towards things. Yes. Well, um, if we merged, it would cannibalize. But I think what he's saying is if you dropped it and made it a separate thing, yeah. it wouldn't cannibalize at all, right? The only the concerns I have is is when buyers are trying to buy something totally different. Like, right. like I need a new challenge, so I'm going to buy a totally different business. Like, well, don't neglect your cash cow and, right. and focus on something that may need more of your time because it's a new challenge. Going back to exit this, lock in your gains, take... 30 days off, six months off, whatever you want, then go buy your next business. That's what my dad did, right? Mm-hmm. Different industries. But once you've done that, you've gone through, you know, to hire, fire, market, manage, those are transferable skills. Sure. It doesn't matter if you're doing marketing or, or you know, selling businesses or selling a, a product. I mean, once you have that core fundamentals of business, you can apply that to a lot of different industries. Now, you don't want to go buy a company that's, you know, manufacturing rockets, right? <laughs> Unless you know how to, if you have a, you know. Excuse but, me, yeah, Jay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, as long as it's a, a normal business, like service manufacturing, distribution, and technology. Right. Technology, sometimes you need to have a certain skill set. But most of the other businesses, you can you can take one of those business owners and plop into a totally different industry, and they're going to be just as successful because sure. they have those transferable skills. What's your opinion on, like, um, so, for example, we, we're, we're a digital-focused marketing firm. Yes. And, um, Don't bill us for this consultation here, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, we do a lot of free – we do true advisory, right? Yeah, we, yeah. Only, we only get paid when we, when we sell a business. Yeah. We so love talking a, business. That's why we suckered a, you under the podcast. I, guess, right. <laughs> I, get a lot of, I get a lot of email marketing sending me, like, a whole bunch of marketing firms for sale. Yeah. It's, like, constant. Um, and so basically I, I see sometimes on there, you'll find like a, uh, digital marketing firm of some kind that's similar to ours that has a hundred percent reoccurring 
and they'll have X amount of millions of dollars in revenue and they'll have their sales price. Would you recommend purchasing that style of company or actually purchasing like something in marketing that's different than our company? Like well, a videography like a bolt on or, or website building or I mean, if, if you guys have a need that your clients have, I think mm-hmm. that's where you, you focus on. Where, where can you cross-sell your current clients that know you and like you mm-hmm. and it, it actually is a service that they already need? So I, I, I would, I think it should be open to, to all different types of acquisitions. So either one can be profitable. Yeah, absolutely. You, Comes you, down you, the bottom you line. You only know yeah. what your clients need and yeah. what you guys feel like you should try to add on to your existing yeah. business. Yeah. Growing organically can be, you know, long haul, mm-hmm. and that's why, you know, a lot of the business owners are thinking, hey, I can buy more business in. Yeah. Five minutes, and I can grow in the next five years. And people right. think people think training and growing organically is cheap. It is not. No, it's very no. expensive to grow. Yeah, it's so expensive. By buying cash flow, especially a business that's already making money, and especially if it's below six, seven, eight million dollars, and you, you utilize the SBA program, you, know, you have a ten-year financing, and you mm-hmm. buy it for ten percent down. And I mean, it, you and, and you already have a existing business that's servicing your lifestyle. So, hundred percent of the of the quote unquote cash flow from the business you're purchasing can go towards growth or mm-hmm. bottom line profits or hiring talent or whatever that is. And if you bought well, it's already cash flowing. It is. We, every work we, we've opened up, we've tried to find a, an existing firm that's like Viking. So it's much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and we haven't been able to find one. So mm-hmm. every office, you know, the 10 offices, we, you know, we started from, from zero. But in a heartbeat, I would rather buy than start mm-hmm. and grow organically. We have we have learned that lesson. It took us it took us five years in business, but we we have learned that lesson for a lot of things. Um, with and it's funny because you know we're an outsourced marketing company, so it, you'd think it'd be our first instinct rather than to rather than to hire somebody for our team to outsource certain things that that we right. need. Um, and um, yeah, I mean I agree with you 100. percent I think outsourcing is the way to go. Um, well, unfortunately, that wraps up our time our time for this evening. And I got quick. My, I got my I really did, man. You were such an amazing guest. And I yeah, actually got my funny question today. <laughs> I, ne- I I usually stall for like thirty minutes here, just like oh, what's up the video? Because he's probably so, stalling right now. So hopefully, I have an answer. Yeah, yeah. So company culture. What do you guys do Viking style for your for your company? <laughs> Give me you, the details. Well, you guys have been to the client appreciation mm-hmm. where you know, got the, got got the hats and yep. stuff like that. Um, How often my, do you say skull? skull? No, you know, I, I will say, <laughs> it's funny, this is perfect. We had our first conference mm-hmm. uh, last week, and for the conference, we had, I think, 46 of our 52 people show, which was awesome. It's amazing. And everyone it get, like, company swag, and we mm-hmm. had, a, had a coffee cup made. Mm-hmm. And from afar, all you saw was the uh, our logo, Viking, and this, mm-hmm. this is going to go, hopefully I can explain it well enough over yeah. the microphone. So it said Viking. You can see that from you know, 10, 15 feet. Right. But in a small print above Viking, it said, don't make me go. And then it said, obviously, you're Viking. And then below it says, on your ass. <laughs> and I just thought it was the best thing. And, and, yes. and, and, yes. and I, think, I think all of our, our, our staff, except for one or two, thought it was like, that's so good, that's so good. And they all took one. I said, now listen, we can send it to the right clients. Yeah. Some clients aren't going to think this is funny, but yeah. I just thought that was the best thing for our we would love it send it okay. away yeah give me one of those i want one of those and then so we'll drink out of it on on air i will drink out i'll drink out on the next episode so my this is my my foolish comment to sign off on here but um so for your christmas party now what you got to do is you got to bring those and you have to do red punch and so then you can say you're drinking the blood of your enemies, blood of your enemies. there you go Skull. Yes. Skull. Skull. Well, on that happy note, Jay, thank you so much for joining us and thank putting you, up gentlemen. with us. And let's go get some lunch. Yeah, let's go get some lunch. Thanks, guys.